You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the editor of Dunking With Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the Fan Side of Network. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Check out prizepicks.com and use promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy hump day. This is a victory Wednesday. The Timberwolves beat the Portland Trailblazers on Tuesday by a bucket. It was a fun game. Anthony Edwards dropped 40. The big three all played well. We're going to break it all down on the show today. Uh, What was unique about this game? How the Wolves went from really sloppy to a big lead and then squandering that and ultimately winning in the final 10 seconds. There's a lot to break down. So we're going to get to all that here on the show today. Key takeaways, individual studs and duds, all the good stuff we normally do. On the postgame pod. First of all, thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. Lockdown Wolves is, of course, free and available everywhere. That includes YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms Apple, Google, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you like to listen. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K E N. All right. Uh, so, setting the stage quickly, obviously, no Damian Lillard for Portland, uh, no Larry Nance Jr. Um, they did get uh, Norman Powell back and CJ McCollum has been back now for a handful of games. But remember, this is a Blazers team that was one of the more disappointing teams in the league that all the offseason turmoil around Lillard and then the Chauncey Billups hiring and then, you know, that not going so well in the fall. Lillard not playing that well. McCollum going out with a collapsed lung. And now, lo and behold, since Damian Lillard goes out, the Blazers have won seven of their last 11. They were seven and four in their last 11 coming into this game. And I went through this on the on Mondays, or I guess on Tuesday's podcast, uh, when I was previewing the matchup. I mean, the Blazers were not beating great teams, right? They were mostly beating teams that were their level or worse, uh, save for I think they beat Brooklyn. But outside of that, it was it was you know Boston and and some of these different teams that they should have been beating. Uh, based on records, at least, and maybe shouldn't have been beating without Damon Lillard. But it's not like they were they were beating really good teams, and they were getting there with the games they were losing. They were mostly getting blown out against good teams. Cleveland, um, uh, Cleveland was the most obvious example. Denver um, obviously should beat them. Beat them by like thirty two or something. Uh, they lost to Miami twice in the past eleven games without Damian Lillard. So it it was the sort of game that set up where the Wolves should win. But Portland's playing a lot better than what I think maybe people that haven't really been paying attention to them would realize. Um, and you look at their record, you know that they've had a disappointing season. So this was by no means an easy game. That said, it was the easiest game on the schedule for the foreseeable future because the Timberwolves go to Golden State on Thursday and then the very next night play Phoenix. So back-to-back games against two of the best teams in the league on Thursday and Friday on the road. So this was all that to say, this was a really important game for Minnesota to show up, be competitive and, and escape with the win. Also, by the way, gets them above 500 for the first time since I believe early December, if I'm not mistaken, I'll look that up. But I think it was like 11 and 10 was maybe the last time the record was above 500. Um, so big for all those reasons. And yet they didn't come out with that sense of urgency. Not that they were, uh, I'll rephrase that. It's not like they didn't look like they wanted to play. It's not like the effort wasn't there, but it was just sloppy. 
uh, and they were there were more mistakes of carelessness than they were mistakes of it's not the Bulls weren't trying hard enough. It's that early in the game they were just making sloppy mistakes, sloppy turnovers, um, you know, missed coverages defensively, leaving guys wide open, overpassing. Um, the best example is that the Timberwolves had, I think two shot clock violations in the opening quarter, for sure, at least three possessions where they were attempting a shot at the shot clock buzzer in the final second of the shot clock, which is really unusual for one of the team's fastest teams in terms of pace. The Wolves don't like to use the entire shot clock. The Blazers were playing strong defense. And remember, this is a Portland team that for the season is awful defensively. They're like 28th in in defensive rating entering the game, but have been playing a lot better of late. Uh, it's another conversation how much that has to do with Damian Lillard not being on the floor, but they've been much better defensively over the past 10 or so games than they had been for much of the season. But they were so bad earlier this year that they're still 28th in defensive rating coming into the game. And Portland played solid defense early in the game. They clearly had a very, uh, a very, um, pre- they were very prepared to try and stop Carl Anthony Towns. We'll talk more about that later, but Cat didn't get going early. Shades of the Brooklyn game just a couple nights ago on, on Sunday when Cat only had three at halftime. I believe he also had three at halftime in this game. Um, but overall, defensively, Portland was scrambling. They were making the Wolves pass, but at times Minnesota was playing into their hands by overpassing, looking for the perfect shot instead of just simply a really good shot. Um, what kept the Timberwolves in the game was they were being aggressive enough on offense uh, that they were getting to the free throw line and Frankly, the whistle was in their favor in the first quarter. Uh, free throw attempts, getting into the bonus early is the is really the only reason that the Wolves were only down three at the end of the first quarter. It should have been a lot more than that. And then in the second quarter, the Timberwolves defense completely disappeared. The second unit, which has been so good lately for Minnesota, was not good defensively. They had a, a number of breakdowns. Point of attack defense wasn't great. Um, and it just completely just blown coverages, lots of committing, uh, lots of fouls committed by the Timberwolves. Nas Reed, by the way, for the game committed five fouls in 11 minutes. If that's any indication of, of how the bench specifically was defending in this game. Um, so defending without fouling, not great. The Wolves even tried some zone late in the quarter. Chris Finch has mixed that in quite a bit, but, but this was a response to just being really poor defensively. Minnesota ultimately was up by eight or excuse me, down by eight at halftime after a really brutal second quarter, and the first half of the third quarter wasn't great either. In fact, Minnesota was down nine with just under five minutes to play in the third. But then they went on a bit of a run towards the end of the quarter and actually ended up leading by two points headed to the fourth. Because of that strong run at the end of the third quarter, Carl Anthony Towns was a big part of it. Obviously, Anthony Edwards playing so well in this game. And then the fourth, Minnesota maintained a lead. They were up nine with about four minutes to play after some crazy defense, a really impressive sequences. We'll talk more about Jared Vanderbilt later, but uh, the Timberwolves end up with eight steals in this game. And uh, eight of the nine, or excuse me, seven of the eight steals were between Vanderbilt, McDaniels, and Edwards. And at least two or three of them came in that span at the end of the third quarter. D'Angelo Russell hit a big three to put the Wolves up nine. After a timeout by Portland, though, they made a big push. And actually tied the game. They went on a ten to one run down the down the stretch. Portland ties the game. Timberwolves get the ball, call timeout, sideline out of bounds. D'Angelo Russell drives left, gets to the basket, makes a tough shot. Well, actually, doesn't make it. But Anthony Simons pins it against the backboard. It's a goaltend. It was a clear goaltend, the correct call. And then Portland gets one last opportunity with two point nine seconds left. And they ran an action really to get a shot for Simon. CJ McCollum was more of a decoy than anything else, but I thought it was interesting that the Wolves had Anthony Edwards guarding McCollum on that final half-court possession 
um, for the Blazers and they had Jaden McDaniels trailing Simons, which he did for much of the game, especially early in the game. Uh, McDaniels ended up only playing 16 minutes in this one, but he started because there was still no Patrick Beverly and he was guarding Simons. And he actually, he fought through a, a Yusuf Nurkic screen, not the best screen by, by Nurkic, uh, but McDaniels got around it and contested the, the potential game winning shot perfectly went to the side of Simons completely avoided any contact, but his length got just over the top to kind of swipe at the ball from the side. There was zero body contact and the hand was still in really kind of the shooting, the, the field division for, for, uh, Simons bothered him just enough to cause him to miss the potential game winning shot. The Wolves held on to win by two, uh, but really interesting, decisions there, lineup decisions towards the end of the game by Finch that obviously he pushed the right buttons, pulled the right levers and a fantastic defensive play by McDaniels to close the game. And, and the Wolves held on by two. Um, all right. I want to get to key takeaways next. I've got a couple. Carl Anthony Towns had a really unique game. I haven't talked about Anthony Edwards much yet. He was fantastic. Uh, but let's talk about Cat's game as well. Um, and then a couple of other key takeaways too. So we're going to do all that next. First of all, let's talk about the title sponsors from today's show. And that of course is our friends at prize picks. Timberwolves fans, you've been hearing me tell you about prize picks now for months. If you haven't signed up yet, now is the perfect time. For a limited time, prize picks has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our listeners. Our listeners get $50 for free if a player in your first prize picks entry scores a single point, but you must use the code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available to locked on listeners only who use the code NBA. Prize picks has the best daily fantasy prop game on the market. Prize Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players plus bench players that only record a handful of minutes each game. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of from points to assists, rebounds, three-pointers made, etc. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. For instance, uh, you can do mixed sport entries. So if you want to get into uh, NFL Championship Sunday, this Sunday, for instance, you could take uh, the over on, I don't know, Joe Burrow touchdowns on Sunday. If you want to pull for the Bengals to beat the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. So you, you want to go Joe Burrow over on touchdowns and you want to take the Carl Anthony Towns over on points on the same night on Sunday. You can do that. Mixed sport entry is very easy. It takes about 30 seconds to do it. You can use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Go to prizepix.com today or go to your App Store and download the app. All users that deposit and use our promo code NBA will get 50 bucks free if your first PrizePix entry scores a single point. That's right. All users that deposit and use our promo code NBA We'll get $50 free if your first prize picks entry scores a single point. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. All right. Uh, one more thank you, by the way, for making the uh, Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. There's plenty of great shows uh, to make your second listen also in the Lockdown Network. Uh, for instance, though, you could look ahead to the trade deadline show on the day of the NBA trade deadline from 1 to 3 p.m. Central. There's going to be a fantastic show with some great guests uh, live on the Lockdown NBA YouTube channel. So be sure to stay tuned for that and uh, prepare to watch that here just a couple weeks, just over two weeks out from the deadline. All right, uh, let's talk key takeaways from Wolves Blazers. Number one, Carl Anthony Towns, what a weird game for him. 17 and 17. We haven't seen him grab that many rebounds in quite some time, um, but he only attempted seven field goals in this game, which is just so weird. He was three or four outside the arc. He was one of three on two-point shots. I, 
I'm super, I, I need to look this up and I, I will later. I'll write about this probably at Ducky with Wolves and, and note this maybe on Thursday show after I have time to look it up. I can't, I don't know when the last time Towns would have had only three two-point attempts at a game would be. It's just insane. Um, but he still managed 17 points on seven shots. It doesn't get much more efficient than that. 17 rebounds, four blocked shots for Cat, only two fouls committed. He didn't commit a foul until the second half and just three turnovers in 37 minutes. The whole reason that this happened was because the Blazers, they played a lot of zone in this game, and they were really trying to force the ball out of Towns' hands. They were trying to uh, keep him from from really catching the ball cleanly, certainly. Um, try, they were concentrating on making him give the ball up, make him be a playmaker. Obviously, Towns gets a little anxious when he gets doubled. He occasionally will make sloppy passes. He actually opened this game with a really nice assist to the corner. It was like their first or second, I think maybe the second possession, maybe first made bucket for Minnesota. He had he kind of rifled a pass one arm to the corner. It was one of only two assists he had for the entire game, but he should have had more. There were a lot of missed open shots by teammates, uh, by by Towns' teammates. The Wolves didn't shoot the ball great in this game. They were just under 33% from deep. But Cat passed the ball really, really well. And credit to Portland. They made him give the ball up, and the Wolves were missing shots. But at the end of the day, the ball was finding Anthony Edwards a little too often for Portland uh, to to really reap the benefits of how they guarded Towns. And Towns still ended up with an efficient 17 points uh, because he did start knocking down threes. And he did, took, he did exactly what Minnesota wanted him to do. He took what the defense gave him. Um, he wasn't trying to force things through double teams. He wasn't trying to make fancy passes uh, to cutters or to shooters, you know, skip passes across the floor to shooters in the opposite corner. Towns did exactly what they needed him to do in this game. And the 17 points of the seven shot attempts isn't really sexy, but 17 rebounds is, four blocks is. He was fantastic defensively, uh, well-rounded offensively, did all the things that the Wolves needed him to do. And uh, also, by the way, Yusuf Nurkic has given him problems in the past. Nurkic ended up with 20 and 14 in this game, but he also had five personal fouls and uh, didn't. nothing was really easy for him on either end of the four for Nurkic. Um, so, And that's a credit to how Towns played. Uh, but the only thing I would have done differently if I was the Wolves, and, and maybe this would have helped them, you know, get back. Or I they really were were down until late in the third quarter, so th- this could have helped them play better for the first part of the game. But the adjustment I would have made is playing Towns on the perimeter a little bit more and forcing the Blazers to come out and guard him outside the arc. I mean, he could have shot probably every time down the floor until the, I mean, certainly unless they made an adjustment, Towns would have been able to shoot a three from the top of the key from the, from, uh, from the top of the arc directly head on where he likes to shoot them almost every time down the court. And he was shooting the ball well in this game, three or four on three point attempts. I probably would have given towns more touches outside the arc and face up opportunities, allow him to spot up and shoot it. Um, instead of him catching, you know, at the nail or, or at the elbows, the Wolves did run some more horn sets towards the end of this game and they were uh, mostly effective, but, um, and, and I generally like giving the to- towns the ball there, but in this game, I would have just as soon had him shoot more threes, giving him the ball in the perimeter. Um, but at any rate, kudos to Towns for taking what the defense gave him and to j- just a really under control, impressive game for him all the way all the way around. Uh, secondly, I want to talk about Anthony Edwards. This was uh, a, a fantastic performance for Ant. He played, he did a little bit of everything. Um, Obviously, he can do everything, but he doesn't always choose to do that. He'll get in these zones where he's really tunnel. Well, it's mostly really just shooting contested threes where he gets focused on shooting step back threes. Um, In this game, though, he scored a lot in transition. He had a couple of really nice kind of kamikaze type drives to the rim where he just kind of powered through people. The Blazers uh, helped by not wanting anything to do with him in the paint. 
Um, and, and Ant was just fantastic in every every phase of the game. It was kind of the middle of the game when he was great outside the arc, and he had some forced threes towards the end, which is part of the reason, by the way, uh, this is, I guess, kind of morphing into another takeaway for me. But when the Wolves were up nine with just under four minutes to play, they went a little hero ball, a couple of possessions uh, where Anthony Edwards was just kind of launching difficult threes. That happened sometimes to Minnesota. They got settled down when they needed to, and they, and they got that bucket from Russell down the stretch. But outside of those, you know, handful of possessions in the fourth quarter, Ant was really good in this game and all the way around too. I mean, he was pretty good defensively. He was asked to guard some, some really strong perimeter players for the Blazers. And, and, and yeah, overall the Wolves defense was a little disappointing, but Edwards was not, you know, a significant part of the problem. He was, he was fine defensively. He obviously had three steals. He also had three blocks in this game. And then offensively, um, he didn't have any assists, but he only had one turnover. I mean, it's hard to shoot the ball 27 times to get nine rebounds in the game, to have the ball in your hands as much as Ant does and only turn it over once. Um, now, he didn't pass the ball a lot, hence the zero assists. But still, one turnover for Ant, I mean, he he does a good job at not getting offensive fouls. He does a good job at not um, forcing difficult passes all too often. Um, and this was just a really well-rounded game uh, where he scored at every level, was great in transition, was solid on defense, was making life miserable uh, for the Blazers in general. So a really strong Anthony Edwards performance um, all the way around. My last thing is that the defense, I, I mean, as well as the Wolves' offense has played the last, I talked about this a little bit on Tuesday, Minnesota's offense has been the league's best uh, basically since they got their big three back from from the health and safety protocols list. They are number one in offensive rating now over the last 10 games. The defense has been much more middle of the pack. I think it was 18th heading into this game over the last 10. Now for the season, it's still top 12 easily. Uh, I think it, I think it was number 12, you know, a couple games ago, it was still sitting in the top 10. But over the stretch, it hasn't been as good. Now, part of it is Patrick Beverly's missed some time prior to the most recent ankle injury. He missed a couple games towards the end, towards the beginning of the stretch. So Pat Bev being out matters, certainly. Um, However, and also the opponents, they played some pretty good offenses too that have simply shot the ball well. And we knew early in the season, I talked about this on the show, the Wolves were, opponents were shooting the league's worst three-point percentage against the Wolves. Uh, in other words, the Wolves, Wolves opponents were shooting worse against the Wolves than any other team in the league. Some of that was fluky. Obviously, some of it is is scheme, some of it's technique with closeouts on shots, et cetera. The Wolves Xing out on the perimeter now, doing a better job of contesting three-point shots. But there's some luck involved, quite a bit of luck involved in opponent three-point shooting percentage. That started to come back to where you'd expect it to be. It started to uh the to regress towards towards the league average. And that's played a part in this too. Um, is teams actually just making open shots that they were missing earlier this season. However, early in this game, the Wolves were a little bit lackadaisical defensively, especially in the third quarter. And then it's that much more frustrating when in the fourth quarter, when they really need to, you know, a couple of possessions as they were building this lead. And then they, of course, had a couple of, of kind of so-so ones again. And then the final possession of the game, when the Timberwolves really choose to lock in defensively, they can. They have the length and the athleticism with an Edwards, a Vanderbilt, and a McDaniels all on the floor at the same time. That youth, length, athleticism, um, all those things. The, the, the just the overall bounciness and the ability to be disruptive is so real for Minnesota. It's frustrating that they can't be a little bit more consistent. Now, nobody's 100% of the time on on every defensive possession. It's not realistic over the course of an 82-game season. But if the Wolves had just played in the second quarter defensively, like they did for much of the fourth quarter or late in the third quarter, they win this game by double digits fairly easily. 
Um, so that consistency, like if they do this against Golden State on Thursday, if they play the same way, they're going to get beat by double digits. Uh, so consistency continues to be a bit of a, an issue, and, and that's maybe to be expected. But Minnesota's got to continue to work on that as as we get towards, I mean, every game counts the same, which I think is it's easy to forget that. But, I mean, we're talking now, we're approaching the two-thirds mark in the season. All-star breaks up coming, uh, trade deadlines in just a couple of weeks. Things are things are getting serious in Minnesota. If they want to be a playoff team, they got to bring a little bit more consistency on a regular basis uh, on the defensive end of the floor. As good as they've been all season, there's been a lot more slip ups lately than there had been uh, earlier this year. All right, let's let's close the show by talking about uh, talking about individual studs and duds. Before we do that, though. Let's talk about our friends over at Built Bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill, you want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking, this is not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, Built Bar has you covered because Built Bars are, in fact, covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, just 4 grams of sugar, only 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar. Typically, that'll have around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, at the office, in the car, wherever they might be. Throw out all of your sugary or calorie-filled treats and replace them with Built Bars. So when you're craving a snack or a treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. There's so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many, many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors so check out built.com often to see what's new. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, let's talk individual studs and duds from the Wolves win over the Blazers. Uh, number one is obviously Anthony Edwards. 40 points, 14 of 27. So better than 50% from the field. Five of 13 on threes, which will play right in line with this season average from out there. He was seven of 11 at the line, missed missed some free throws, especially late when the Wolves had that nine point lead and had an opportunity to, I think it was to stretch it back to six and he missed both free throw attempts. Um, so that wasn't ideal and, and he did have zero assists, but 40 points on better than 50% shooting, nine rebounds, three steals, three blocks, and just one turnover in 39 minutes for Ant. A game-high 39 minutes. Just a fantastic performance from Anthony Edwards. Uh, and we talked about it a lot last segment. Not much else to say. Uh, secondly, for me, Carl Anthony Towns, 17 points, 17 rebounds, two assists, four blocks in this game for Cat, just four of seven shooting, which uh, this isn't one of those games where I'm going to complain and say, oh, he's fifth on the team in, in field goal attempts. Because again, as I said before, he took what the defense gave him. He made the right reads. It was almost a mistake-free game from Carl Anthony Towns. But it is notable that he was tied for fourth on the team in field goal attempts after Ant, D'Lo, and Jalen Noel. He was tied with Jared Vanderbilt for four, for fourth on the team in field goal attempts in this in this game, which is just crazy. Three of four outside the arc, a perfect six of six at the line. Again, 17 and 17, four blocks, two assists. 
and uh, just the three turnovers in 37 minutes and only two personal fouls committed, which is great to see. My third stud for this one is a player I haven't really talked about much to this point, and that's shame on me, I guess. 13 and 13 for Jared Vanderbilt. Some nice symmetry there, by the way. Cat 17 and 17, Vanderbilt 13 and 13. So yeah, if you're scoring at home, that's a, that's a Kevin Love combined. That's 30 points and 30 rebounds combined, Vando and Towns. So 13 and 13 for Vanderbilt. He had six assists in this game, two steals and a block. Five of seven shooting for Vanderbilt. And uh, somehow, in a game where the Wolves were pretty foul-happy early, uh, Jared Vanderbilt committed zero fouls in 36 minutes of play, which is kind of insane when you think about it. 13, 13, and 6 with two steals and a block. No personal fouls for Jared Vanderbilt in 36 minutes. 5 of 7 shooting, 3 of 5 at the free throw line. He was flying around everywhere, was awesome defensively in this game, was very, very good on offense. He also made the right reads. He was being left open a lot kind of running the baseline in the dunker spot uh, as the Blazers were in their zone. And I mean, he was found in some tough spots. He had to save the ball from going out of bounds a couple of times uh, along the baseline on some tough passes from teammates. But Vando was really good. Uh, this is, he had had a couple quieter games of late and this was kind of vintage Vando. The activity level, the the efficiency when he did have the ball in his hands and uh, just being a tough-nosed, tough, hard-nosed defender was uh was was kind of the name of the game for Vando in this one and and that's obviously what we've come to expect. Those are the three studs. I, I didn't obviously have D'Angelo Russell in there because I, I had to include Vando. D'Lo was good. Um wasn't quite as much of a revelation offensively as he has been of late. Twenty two points on seven of sixteen shooting is fine. I mean three of nine shooting from three. Obviously had the game winner. Um, got to the line six times, which is good for him. Had four assists, two rebounds. He did turn it over four times, though. So the uh, the one-to-one assist-to-turnover ratio is not ideal. But a good game from D'Lo, nonetheless. Just not quite as good as what we've seen here lately. My only dud for this game is Nas Reed. Three points in 11 minutes. One of four shooting. Missed his only two three-point attempts. Only one rebound in 11 minutes. And uh, five personal fouls in 11 minutes. Three of them came in a span of about 45 seconds. It was like a defensive foul or it was offensive foul and then back-to-back defensive fouls on the same possession for Portland on, on the on the opposite end of the court. So a rough night for Nas overall. Um, Torian Prince had a very quiet 27 minutes. Incidentally, Prince was part of most of that crunch time lineup for Minnesota. It was uh, the starters minus McDaniels plus Prince. So it was Russell Edwards, Prince, Vanderbilt, and Towns for stretches of the fourth when the Wolves built that nine-point lead and then were trying to hold on. And then obviously final possession, defense for offense, uh, then uh, Chris Finch put in Jade McDaniels on the final possession to guard Simons. Uh, but a quiet night for Prince after, what did he have the other night, 20 or something like that against the Nets? Or he had at least, or not 20, it was like 16, but he had the perfect shooting night. He had no points on 0 of 2 shooting in this game in 27 minutes. But otherwise, I mean, one rebound, which isn't great in 27 minutes, but two assists, a block, was active, was solid defensively. Just a quiet night for Prince. Uh, weirdly enough, and he was fifth on the team in minutes in this game too. Finch only had only used a nine-man rotation. Akogi did not see the floor, and uh, Patrick Beverly remained out, so it was a nine-man rotation. Um, interestingly, of course, back-to-back Thursday, Friday, so I doubt that the rotation is quite that short on Thursday. All right, so all in all, disappointing first two and a half quarters, but a, a great finish. Obviously, a great Anthony Edwards game, a very encouraging Carl Anthony Towns game, a great Jared Vanderbilt game. Um, this was this was a lot of fun. Um, and good to see them hold on down the stretch. It would have been, it would have been a more frustrating loss than it, than it is a rewarding win. I think honestly, because of the way that this thing finished at the end, 
Um, and, but Portland's still a team, a team. I mean, they're only four games behind Minnesota in the standings, as crazy as that is, and they're going to get Lillard back eventually. So uh, there's always a chance that Portland's pushing for a play-in spot at the end of the season, and, and hopefully the Timberwolves aren't in that position and they're six, seven or something like that. But this was a big win nonetheless for Minnesota. Now they go to Golden State to take on the Warriors on Thursday. It's the 9 p.m. Central TNT game on Thursday night. And then they turn around 24 hours, not even 24 hours later, 23 hours later, they'll tip off against the Phoenix Suns on Friday night at 8 p.m. Central before coming home on Sunday. So a difficult week. Golden State, Phoenix, Utah still upcoming. As of now, after the game, as of this recording with all the NBA games done for the night, the Timberwolves are by themselves in seventh place in the Western Conference. They're a half game ahead of the Lakers with the win. They played one less game than LA. They're 24 and 23. LA's 24 and 24. And the Wolves are only one and a half games out of the coveted sixth spot in the Western Conference. That's where the Denver Nuggets sit at 25 and 21. So Minnesota's right there in the thick of things. Uh, they're now six games clear of the Pelicans, who are in the 11th spot. If the playoffs started today, Portland would actually be the 10 seed, um, and Portland and the Clippers would be facing off in the 9-10 game. Um, so we'll we'll keep an eye on that uh, as we move forward. Obviously, we're getting to the time of the season where I think it's more relevant to look at the positioning in the West. But again, not a lot of games are separating these teams um, and so a lot can obviously change very quickly. All right, that's all we have for you today here on the show. Of course, we'll have a show on Thursday, and then uh, we'll also preview on Thursday's show the the Warrior the matchup with the Warriors Thursday night. And uh, then, of course, we'll do a post-game pod following the Warriors game Thursday, and that'll be Friday's show. Um, so that's all upcoming here this week on Locked on Wolves. Thank you to those of you that make Locked on Wolves your first listen each and every day. Of course, the show is free and available everywhere. That includes YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, and of course, the all-new Odyssey app. You can also follow on Twitter at Locked on T-Wolves and at B-Beacon with two Bs, two Es, C-K-E-N. That's all we have for you today. Thanks again for listening to Locked on Wolves, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Remember, the Locked on Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Uh, and a reminder that uh, this is, of course, your first listen, hopefully. Thank you. You can make your second listen, Locked on Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling, uh, handicapping all upcoming sports games or, or highlighting some upcoming sports games um, on uh, and you know best bets and all the, that good stuff on Locked on Bets. So be sure to follow and subscribe that show wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked on Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.